Good morning to each one of you. It's a blessing to be here with you this morning. Most of us uh, have been very aware that, that we've just passed through the Christmas season and, and we've been pondering Christ coming to earth. And I would like to take just a few minutes here and have you help me uh, as you were thinking of the different characters surrounding Christ's birth, uh, what would be a word or a phrase or something that, that you would see as a common thread in, in these characters? Uh, let's start by naming them. Uh, who are the characters? There's, there's many. Uh, let's just spit them out quickly. Okay, Jesus. Angels, Mary, Mary. Joseph, Gabriel, shepherds, innkeeper, Simeon and Anna, yes, wise men, Caesar Augustus, yeah. We don't know much about him, but he was there. Herod was there. Okay, that covers many of them. Okay, now as you think of these, uh, what is, I mean, there's obviously more than one right answer here, but uh, what, what is a word or a phrase or a title or something that would kind of fit the majority or most of these people? Okay, chosen. Excited. Excited, yeah. We want to talk about that a bit. That's servant. That great minds think alike. Yes, simple, ordinary, faithful, which describes a servant, yeah. Changed, yes, very much. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very good. Uh, very good. Appreciate those those thoughts. These are some some things I thought of, and some of these were mentioned already. Faithful, godly, committed, servants, willing, ready, misunderstood. A lot of these people were misunderstood. Uh, they were fulfilling prophecy. They were obedient, just, righteous, devout, and. Uh, and all of this was happening in a time when uh, the religious system of the day had kind of wandered and gone awry. But very, God found very many faithful, willing servants to, uh, to carry out his plan. We want to look uh, briefly at some of these individuals, and then we want to talk a bit about what it means to, to be a servant uh, Zacharias and Elizabeth. I'm not sure if they were mentioned, but they were, they were part of this. Uh, Luke 1.6 says this, And they were both righteous before God, walking in all his commandments and ordinances of the Lord. And then scripture does this, blameless. You know, it's, it's really good up to that point, and then, then blameless on top of it. 
you know, righteous before God, walking in all his commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. That, that's a lot. That's saying a lot about, about Zacharias and Elizabeth. Uh, Mary, what, what a servant Mary was. Uh, Luke 1.38, this is Mary's response after she uh, realized what, at least to some degree, she probably didn't realize everything, but she realized to some degree what was being asked of her. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Uh, just, yeah, at your service, Lord. Whatever you're asking, I'm, I'm willing to do. Uh, Joseph, in Matthew 1, uh, after he had the dream, and the angel had kind of cleared up a little bit some of the, the questions he was pondering. It says, Then Joseph, being raised up from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him Mary his wife. And we, we see this uh, develop as a pattern in, in Joseph's life. Uh, in uh, chapter 2 of Matthew, this is, you know, after, after the baby was born and, and Herod was about to kill all the babies, the angel appears again to Joseph and says, you know, take, take the mother and the child and go to Egypt. And, and again, immediate obedience, uh, Joseph rose up and did what, uh, what the angel had told him, just like he did back when he married Mary. And then after they were in Egypt for a while, uh, the angel comes again to Joseph, and, and Scripture says uh, he arose and took the young child and the mother and went back to Israel. Every time God spoke, Joseph responded in, in uh, prompt obedience. Uh, that's a servant. That's a servant that, that does that. Uh, Simeon, his, his prayer to the Lord after he saw the, the baby Jesus, Luke 2.29, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. Simeon saw himself as a servant of God, and, and he was extremely grateful for having the privilege of seeing the Christ. And Anna, uh, Luke 2.37, she was a widow of about fourscore and four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. Again, a servant, a servant at heart. The shepherds, uh, they were doing their job, going about their business, faithfully carrying out the responsibility that was given them, whether it was their own sheep or someone else's. And the God chose to, to proclaim this great news to, to these faithful men out there doing, doing their job. Uh, the wise men, we, we don't know a lot about them, but, but they were men that were, were aware of the prophecies and uh, willing to travel uh, to, to search diligently, go to great lengths to find this, this child. And they rejoiced and they worshipped. They were, they were men of faith, obviously. 
or they would not have done this. And we're in tune with God even after having experienced this time of worship. They were in tune with God, and when God told them, you know, you go home a different way, they were there, they heard, they, they listened, they obeyed, and they, they followed God's direction. Servants, servants of God. The title of the message this morning is Serving the Lord with Gladness. Uh, God wants us to be faithful servants, but he wants us to do it with gladness. And, and I think that's important. Let's uh, turn our Bibles to, uh, to Psalm 100. That's kind of like uh, maybe a text you could say we were springing from but we're not planning to spend much time here. I just want to read it, and uh, there's a lot, there's a sermon could be preached right here. Uh, Psalm 100, verse 1. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him, and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations." We, we clearly see there that, that gladness and joy and praise and singing are to be part of the servant life. That's to be what's flowing out of a servant heart. And that is, that is so important. That is so attractive to, to people that do not know the Lord as Savior when when they see people serving the Lord with joy, with gladness, they realize that individual has something I do not have. I remember uh, a fellow I was at SMBI with, he uh, grew up uh, a wild Amish boy, and uh, he told me that one of the strongest testimonies to him uh, that, that brought him to the point of repentance was the joy he saw in Christians' lives. The only time he had joy was when Friday night came and he was done working and a weekend of partying was ahead of him. That's the only time he experienced any joy. And you, we would probably not call that joy, but he, he thought it was a good time. But he noticed Christians were happy all the time. And he didn't have that. All he had that was Friday night was when he experienced that. So joy is, is a strong testimony to those around us. So what does it mean to be a servant? You know, we all choose whom we will serve. Whether to be a servant or not, is, it's not an option. We can choose our master, but we will serve one master or the other. Let's look at some scriptures that bear that out. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 30, if you would turn there. Deuteronomy 30 uh, is, 
We want to just read a few verses here. Uh, Moses was a faithful leader. He led the children of Israel. And because he disobeyed God, he was not allowed to take them into the promised land. But he felt the burden of, of uh, a parting blessing and, and proclaiming truth and, and giving some guidance to these people that, that he was very soon going to hand over uh, to Joshua. But he, he had some final words for them. And, and that's what we're reading here. We're just cutting in, uh, in a portion of what all he had to say. Deuteronomy chapter 30, we'll start at verse 10. If thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to keep his commandments and his statutes, which are written in his book of the law, and if thou wilt turn unto the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul, for this commandment which I command thee this day, it is not hidden from thee, neither is it far off. It is not in heaven that thou shouldst say, Who shall go up for us to heaven and bring it down unto us? that we may hear it and do it. Neither is it beyond the sea, that thou shouldst say, Who shall go over the sea for us, and bring it unto us, that we may hear it and do it. But the word is very nigh unto thee in thy mouth and in thy heart, that thou mayest do it. See, I have set before thee this day life and good and death and evil. In that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways, to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, that thou mayest live and multiply. And the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land whither thou goest to possess it. But if, thou, but if in thine heart, but if thine heart turn away so that thou wilt not hear, but shall be drawn away and worship other gods and serve them. I denounce unto you this day that ye shall surely perish and that ye shall not prolong your days upon the earth, neither thou, whither thou passest over the Jordan to go to possess it. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life that both thou and thy seed may live, that thou mayest love the Lord thy God, that thou mayest obey his voice, and that thou mayest cleave unto him. For he is thy life and the length of thy days, that thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. Moses is making it clear that these people have a choice. They have a choice before them to serve or to reject the God that had brought them through uh, the desert. And the choices before them, they need to make a choice one way or the other. The point we're making here this morning is that all of us will be servants, but we have a choice who we will serve. Uh, Joshua takes over. And at the end of his life, in Joshua, Joshua 24, verse 15, Joshua says this. Uh, he had a very similar uh, presentation to the people as he was about to pass on. 
And he says this, And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua realized that, that he was moving on and that the people had a choice before them. Who will they serve? Uh, Paul makes this crystal clear in Romans chapter uh, 6. Uh, let's read a couple verses there, Romans 6, uh, 16 through 20. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death, or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. For when ye were the servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness. Paul is making it clear that we have this choice. Sin or righteousness. We're going to be mastered by one or the other. We're going to be servants of one or the other. It's a choice that is before us. Jesus uh, taught this to his disciples in Luke 16, 13. No servant can serve two masters, for he, either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Uh, Matthew 12, 30. He that is not with me is against me. He that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. That verse has always made me stop and ponder. Jesus is saying, Rich, you're either scattering or you're helping me gather, one or the other. There's no in-between. You're doing one or you're doing the other. You're scattering you're disrupting, you're causing chaos, or you're, you're bringing healing, you're bringing gathering together. You're, you're working for me, or you're working against me. We choose who we will serve. Self, sin, and Satan is all the same. The Lord God is, is the other choice we have. We yield and obey the master we choose. John 18, 36, Jesus says this, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight, that I should not be delivered unto the Jews. But now is my kingdom not hence. Jesus is saying that we do, do, we do things different here. This is a different way. This is a different approach. And it's, it's not about fighting. It's about peace. Mark 9.35 And he sat down and called the twelve and said unto them, If any man desire to be first, the same shall be last and servant of all. 
Jesus is saying, here in my kingdom, if you're going to be my servants, there's a whole different way of becoming great. There's a whole different way of being first. It's being a servant. It's a servant's heart. We're talking this morning about serving the Lord with gladness. It's different. It's a whole different kingdom. Some, some writers have described it as the upside-down kingdom. The way up is, is a whole different process. We all know what it's like to, or, or we, we, uh, we don't all know what it's like. We, we've seen others <laughs> climb the corporate ladder. Never got there myself, but you climb the corporate ladder and uh, you know, we see how that works. But in, uh, in Christ's kingdom, it's, it's just not how it works. You're a servant. You, you, serve, you serve others and that, that catches God's attention. Yieldedness to the Lord God. You know, there's, there's a, a story that we, we've known ever since we were little children. The, the story of the three Hebrew children in the fire. Um, do, you, do you remember, does anybody remember, what did King Nebuchadnezzar say when he saw the fire had no effect on these men. He said something that has always stuck with me. Anybody know? What are his words? It has to do with yieldedness. I'll read it. Uh, Daniel 3.28 and Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who hath sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him, and have changed the king's word. That was significant to Nebuchadnezzar. They changed the king's word and, then listen, yielded their bodies that they might not serve or worship any god except their own god. What he's saying is these men were willing to give their bodies to the flame in order not to worship anyone other than their own God. Yielded their bodies. These young men knew what yieldedness was. And that's something I need to learn more about. That's something we all need to learn more about. If we're going to be a servant of God, Yieldness is a requirement. 1 Samuel 3.10 The Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. That's a yieldedness. Little Samuel realized that God was calling. And he says, speak, for thy servant heareth. That's yieldedness. God, I'm your servant. Not only am I your servant, I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm paying attention. I want to hear what you're saying. Isaiah 6, 8, a familiar verse. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? 
Who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. Isaiah was hearing the voice, and he was committing himself to go. Apostle Paul, uh, in Acts 9, we know the story as he was going to Damascus to imprison the followers of the way. And he, he, uh, this light struck him down, and here's his response. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? That's a yieldedness. That's the heart cry that God is asking of each one of us. What wilt thou have me to do? That's the cry of a servant heart. Luke 5, 8. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answering unto him, Master, we have toiled all night and have, not, have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had done when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. Catch the heart of Peter here. Peter knew all there was to know about fishing. Jesus was a carpenter. He didn't know anything about fishing. And Peter was fishing all night. And the carpenter come and says, you know, try again. Peter knew it was foolish. He knew it wouldn't work. He knew it, it made no sense. But he says, nevertheless, at thy word, this was not just any carpenter. This was Jesus. And at this point in time, Peter at least, uh, to some extent, learned that this was a different kind of man. This is a master. This is a man I need to listen to. This is a man that deserves my attention. And I will listen. I will throw the net because you asked me to. Luke twenty-two, forty-two, Saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Jesus in the garden, a yieldedness to the plan of the Father in a human body, knowing full well that there was going to be lots of pain. He knew all about how that body was made and how pain would affect it. But he wanted a different way. He did not want to experience the pain. But if there's no other way, he was willing. And he wanted the Lord's will to be done. So there's a yieldedness in the heart of the servant. There's obedience. Back to, to the Christmas scene again. You know, we, we talked earlier about this, how Joseph just again and again, extremely obedient, even though he had to sacrifice reputation and most everything, he just did. He just did everything that God asked him to do. He did it promptly. He did it in spite of misunderstanding of everybody around him. 
He just was clearly a servant at heart. Psalm 19.9, the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than the honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and of keeping of them there is great reward. Catch what the psalmist is saying. The keeping of the commandments of the Lord promises great reward. We're talking about obedience is a characteristic of the heart of a servant. There's great reward for obedience. Serving the Lord with gladness starts in the mind. Hebrews 9.14 How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Oh, how we need that. To have our consciences purged with the blood of Christ to serve the living God. If we could just capture that. Romans 12, 1 and 2. We're talking about servanthood here this morning. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but ye be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We're talking about the mind, how the mind is related to obedience. As parents, we tell our children, put your mind to it. We know that once they get it past their mind, carrying out the trash, washing the dishes, picking up the toys, whatever it is, it's, it's, got to, it's got to take place in the mind. And then obedience flows from there. As David, we're talking different times here this morning about older people passing on and, and uh, telling the next generation. And, and I think uh, we don't capture that enough. Uh, I'm, I'm side, getting a little sidetracked here, but, but this is important. Years ago, I, I served on uh, New Horizons board with Dan Beachy for think about 18 years, and, and he really stopped me short. I was a young father at the time. He said, Rich, he said, you're working yourself out of a job. That's your job as a parent. Make yourself unnecessary in your children's lives. That startled me a little. I thought I was very necessary. And he says, no, your job is to make yourself unnecessary because you're going to pass on and they're going to live many years beyond yours. And so you want to prepare them for the time you're gone. 
You're making your, yourself unnecessary in, in your children's lives. Here's, here's uh, David. King David is passing on. He's about to die. And he has some words for his son Solomon. And thou, Solomon, my son, know thou the God of thy father and serve him with a perfect heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searcheth all hearts and understandeth all the imaginations of the thoughts. If thou seek him, he will be found of thee. But if thou forsake him, he will cast thee off forever. David understood from his life, from his successes and from his failures, that the mind was important. It was important to have a willing mind and a perfect heart. And he's passing that on to Solomon. Solomon, think right thoughts. Solomon, have your heart at the right place. You're going to have successes and failures, but make sure your heart's at the right place. And it will work out. Uh, David knew what it was like to, to fail miserably, but he had a heart for God and he was ready and willing to confess and move on. We think a lot about Jesus coming to earth this time of the year. And I'm, I'm sure we don't begin to to appreciate enough what all happened there when Almighty God, Creator of heaven and earth, took on the form of a human body. That, that kind of, that's more than, than our little minds can comprehend. But uh, Paul, in his, his letter to the Philippians, uh, helps, helps us a little. There And, and he says uh, in Philippians 2, verse 5, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. He's talking about Jesus coming to earth. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto the death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath exalt, highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. Do all things without murmuring and disputings, that ye may be blameless, harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world, 
holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Yea, and if I be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I joy and rejoice with you. For the same cause also do ye joy and rejoice with me. Paul's saying there's joy. There's joy in service. He's saying Jesus understood what it meant to, to lay everything aside and become a servant, to become a servant to provide salvation for you and I. We need that mind. Paul's saying we need that same mindset if we're going to be servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. Doing things without murmurings and disputings. Blameless, harmless. That's the description of a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ, and therefore we shine brightly in the world around us. A servant's heart, that's what God is asking of us. Can it really be done with joy? Thinking back to these, these characters we mentioned, uh, almost without fail, Scripture mentions joy along with the people surrounding Christ's birth. You know, Mary, Mary had joy in her heart as she went and, and visited with Elizabeth. Elizabeth, an, an unborn little baby John, leaped for joy in the womb. There was joy going around. The, the shepherds, uh, the, the angels, when they went to the shepherds, we, we bring you tidings of great joy. And the shepherds went rejoicing back to their sheep after they experienced worship there at the manger. The wise men had joy as they found the, the Christ child and, and worshipped him and presented their gifts. We can serve with joy. It can be done with joy. Hebrews 12.2 Looking on to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus saw the joy that was going to come after the pain. As servants of God, we understand the joy is coming. If we're not presently experiencing it, it's coming, and therefore we can enter into it. We can serve with gladness. John 15.10 If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. Do you get what, what uh, Jesus is saying there? Keeping the commandments and abiding in love is, is what it means to be a servant. And he's, he's, he's laying out this, this, uh, this truth and this direction for our lives so that we might experience joy, fullness of joy. We, we sing that song, trust and obey, for there's no other way 
to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. Sing that song with your children so that they never remember the first time they heard it. Trust and obey. There's no other way to be happy in Jesus. Matthew 25, verse 23. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. That is what every servant of the Lord Jesus Christ is looking forward to. Hearing those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of thy Lord. A little bit of summary in, in conclusion here. We are all servants. It's not an option. Please hear me. We are servants. The only choice you and I have is who is our master. We will yield and obey the master we choose. We will. We will yield and obey the master we choose. God will honor and reward our choice. God will honor and reward our choice, whatever it is. Let's serve the Lord with gladness. As we enter into this new year, we don't know what lies ahead, but let's choose our master. Let's yield our lives to him. Let's obey him. Let's do it with joy. And he will reward us accordingly.